Makers of Sport Podcasts, Episode 41, Halftime. Welcome to Makers of Sport Halftime, the 20-minute show on the off weeks of interviews where I discuss topics such as professionalism, entrepreneurship, and business to help you and your careers so that you can apply it to the sports industry. On today's episode, I'm going to be discussing the taboo topic of firing clients. When is a good time to do it? How does one go about doing it? How much should we put up with before enough is enough? Now, first of all, let me just say that losing a client sucks any way that you look at it. Specifically, those of us in the services industry, meaning that someone pays us to perform some type of task and for us a creative task uh, or to be a strategic partner. It can really be tough. Clients are the lifeblood of what we do. Unless we create our own products to sell, which I also highly encourage everyone to try to do, clients are our revenue stream. In most cases, though, clients can actually hold us back in our businesses and careers. Now, it's no secret that many of us take on whatever work we can find when we start out freelancing, no matter the industry. When you first begin, you are ecstatic that someone is paying you money so that you can do what you love in being creative. Now, perhaps before that first client, you had some crappy grocery store job or maybe you worked construction during hot summers just to get by during college. So it's really all relative. After all, many design schools, marketing programs, or art programs don't actually teach us a lot about commerce entrepreneurship, or pricing. So we tend to sort of fly by the seat of our pants, so to speak. And I actually realize that's probably a Southern euphemism. So for those that don't follow or comprehend that phrase, basically in the beginning, you're most likely to just fake it until you make it. Now there seems to be a trend among many in the creative industry where people are saying that there are no bad clients only bad service providers who maybe didn't do their due diligence and research before working with said client. And I do believe that some of that is true, but let's be honest, that would be a perfect world and we do not live in a perfect world. People will take on whatever work they can get their hands on and that's the unfortunate reality. I do, however, firmly believe that we are professionals and we should act as professionals which means having a voice and a respected opinion in our projects. Now, if you only want to do what people tell you to do and not voice your own opinions, even if ultimately they are directions that may not be chosen, then I consider you a technician and this may not be the podcast for you. Professionals work hard to continue learning about our industry, bettering ourselves, And our expertise is important in the world of any business. So we must approach our relationships that way. 
Now, that's not to say that we shouldn't, however, shoulder as much responsibility as possible when it comes to relationships going bad, but within reason. Sometimes the really kind person you initially dealt with, they may leave the company or they may move on to another project, handing you off to another point of contact. They also may have been putting up a mask in your initial meetings and Eventually, they reveal their true, needy, and disrespectful selves throughout your project or time together. There are many reasons why you should fire a client, but today, I'm going to touch on a few common ones that can definitely be bothersome. The client micromanages your work and doesn't listen to you. We are creative people sometimes blessed with natural abilities. And if not, we have worked hard to gain the abilities that we do have. Clients hire us based on previous work that they've seen, word of mouth referrals, or simply because of our likable personalities. Now I'm giving everyone the benefit of the doubt on that one. They hire us because they need help with something. They have a problem that needs to be solved. Sometimes that might be a simple layout for some print piece. Other times, it might be helping them get their organization on the same page brand-wise with a new visual identity and marketing strategy. We as creative people have taste. We merge our tangible skills of making things with our tastes, and we create solutions to problems. Problem is, every single human being has taste, be it bad or good. Every human being can give a subjective opinion based on their own personal tastes. Now, sometimes you may have to pick your battles as with every human relationship, but if the micromanaging is a constant thing that happens every single time you work with said client, it may be time to let them go. In the instance, a client with bad taste is forcing you and micromanaging you to come up with something that you are embarrassed to claim ownership of, or they are never satisfied with anything that you make. You can be sure that they do not trust your opinion as a professional and seem to view you as a set of digital hands there to make whatever they tell you based on their own personal tastes. Now, I believe this to be wrong on all levels. We must educate clients and keep in mind that we are not creating for them personally. We are creating for their users, their customer base, their fans. Fire them. They've got to go if they don't listen. Clients don't respect your time. If you have a client that is constantly missing phone calls, never responding to emails, or constantly late for meetings, not to mention they are always in a rush to get you to do something, making unreasonable demands, it's time to let them go. I once had a client that wasn't paying me on retainer, send me content for ads that were due the typical I need them yesterday time frame. Anyhow, they would send me the content at 5 p.m. and then expect to see something in the morning. Now, this is a clear case in which my time was not respected. They had no problem shooting out the door at 5 p.m. to live their life. But apparently, I was expected to pull all-nighters to get the work done. Now, after a few times of this, I had to let them go. This is not how life works, and it's not how a business relationship should work. 
I have a family. I'm not a 24-hour service shop. Now, that's not saying that I won't pull an all-nighter if need be. If there's a strong deadline and I have a, a strong client relationship, I've got no problem staying up late or pulling an all-nighter to come through on a big win. But this should not be expected of us on every single project. They've got to go, or at the very least, they have to be educated that you will not do this every single time. You may do it this one time helping them out, but make sure that they know they should not plan on making this a habit. Another case of not respecting your time is when they're wanting that thing due yesterday and they don't respond to your project emails that you send them for weeks. And then weeks later, you get an email asking for revisions to that particular project. Now, they clearly made up a fake deadline so you would get the work over to them. Yet, it was inconvenient for them to look at it at that time. So they wanted to wait until it was convenient for them to look at it on their own time. Gotta go. Clients show you a lack of respect as a human being. Clients specifically those with very low budgets or even possibly those with high budgets and huge egos have a tendency to treat service providers bad and sort of loop them all in the same category. A person to take abuse from them because they are paying you. They may call their phone company wheeling and dealing on dollars and cents or curse out a customer service rep who had nothing specifically to do with the problem they may be having. These types of people have a general lack of respect for everyone. If every time you see an email come through from a client or you see the client's phone number calling you and your heart sinks or you feel a sickly feeling in your stomach, then why waste your time on those people? Life is too short to be feeling that way. We are in control of our own destiny in our business. Otherwise, we wouldn't have went into business with, for ourselves. I was once working with a client and clearly specified in my contract that I would be handing over print-ready files as deliverables and the client would not be getting my source files, any work leading up to the final piece. Now, at the end of the project, the client requested my source file so he could take them to another agency he was using for something simultaneously. Essentially taking the work that I created and giving it to a competitor for free so that they could continue making tons of other things based off of my visual assets, my process. Now, in some cases, this wouldn't be a problem, and that is handing off visual assets for others to use. Maybe a branding job where it is imperative to hand off source files and visual assets or a web design job where you need to hand off layered Photoshop files to a developer. But this is exactly why things like branding and web design cost so much, or they should. And also why deliverables should be specified in a contract. In this particular case, the client had been quite unreasonable throughout the whole project. Now, if I listen to my gut, which I've found a lot of times to be true, probably like most of you, our guts and our intuition, I probably shouldn't have taken on this job based on the first meeting because the guy just, he rubbed me the wrong way. He, he didn't come off as a very personable person and just kind of seemed like a jerk. 
He constantly tried to bump the deadline up. He attempted to make excessive and often pointless revisions. And then finally, he tried to request my source files after I had given him the print-ready deliverable PDFs. Now, when I told him no, that he wasn't getting my source files, he threatened to sue me. Now, this is scary for anyone, and especially at the time, I think I was around 23, 24 years old. But I carefully reviewed the terms of my contract and stuck to my guns, asking him to also review the language of the contract that he signed. Now, we eventually worked something out where I sold him the source files, but I did so letting him know that I had no intentions on working with him again. So in that case, it ended up probably being mutual, as I'm sure that he wanted a yes man and someone that did exactly what he said and, and sort of bent over backwards for him and being, uh, being his little slave. And, and I just wasn't going to do that. Don't ever let a client curse you out, put you down personally, or treat you as a lesser human being. That is flat out wrong and not worth the time. They've got to go. You're stuck at one rate. When we begin working with a client, we may quote them at a rate and come to an agreement that is reasonable for both of us at that time. The relationship may be great. The work may even be fun, but a few years of doing this work and there's no doubt that you've grown and most likely your client has gotten a raise or two at their company. Raising rates is necessary because as we progress, we get better at what we do, faster at what we do and become more in demand. Experiment with new rates with new clients before attempting to adjust rates with a long-term relationship. Once you have a few bites and can justify this new rate, you can seek to have a conversation with your existing client. If you have a good relationship, you might want to call them or meet with them in person explaining that you're raising your rates and, and hope to have a human-to-human -human discussion about it. However, if you're not super close to your client or just find them hard to talk to, you may want to send them a form letter or email, snail mail or digitally, letting them know that as of X date, you'll be raising your rates X percent to X amount of dollars. If they have a problem with it and are not willing to have this conversation, then they do not truly value what you do and it's time to move on and seek upmarket for better paying clients. In my experience, clients that pay better tend to respect you more as a consultant and partner. And there will always be headaches in human to human relationships, but they are much more minimal and worth it when you are valued and you're getting paid accordingly. Now, related to this particular reason are clients that tend to be nickeling and diming. Some people just like to negotiate and find it fun. Now, I personally find it annoying. I'm okay with some, some negotiation, but at some point, enough is enough. When I bought my current house, the guy I was buying it off of tried to go back and forth so many times that it drove me nuts. Eventually, I walked away because I was annoyed. I didn't want to play the game. I wanted to buy a house. He came back to me about a week after I walked away, meeting me in the middle of right about where I originally had intended. Now, once I signed the contract on the house bid, I still had the opportunity to walk away pending a house inspection. Now, because this guy had annoying negotiation tactics and he constantly berated my real estate agent 
I deliberately waited until the last day of my available walkaway date because he kept calling and calling and calling, wanting to continue to sell me why I need the house when I had already signed a contract. Now, it was extremely annoying, and this happens all the time and can serve as a metaphor for clients. There's no difference between $3,500 and $4,000. There's a difference between $4,000 and $30,000. If they are nickeling and diming and constantly scope creeping, decide for yourself if it's worth the time. Now, lastly, I want to touch on how to let a client go. The best way is to be as professional as possible, even if you're mad, and let them know that it just isn't working out. This can be done through email or by phone call. Determine if you will finish a project or if you'll give them back a portion of their fee or something like that just to kind of keep things chill. Now, I've done it both ways, sometimes giving back some of the fee and sometimes keeping the upfront fee because enough work had been done to justify keeping it. And it was specified in my contract that I would be getting paid for the work that I performed. That's what the upfront fees are for. It's for our protection. Now, letting a client go is tough, but the chances are they will forget about it when they move on, especially since in some cases the client may be so me focused and They're busy with their own business and trying to find someone to do that work. So they'll find another person to bother that may decide to suffer through. Also, you will be very relieved and feel a weight off your shoulders once you get rid of pesky business relationships that just don't seem to be working. Finally, I'll end this halftime with a disclaimer. Humans often do not agree with one another. Now, this is true in personal relationships and professional ones. I do not believe that just because you have a disagreement with the client that they should be fired. I believe that what we are as creative consultants to clients are partners. Disagreements and debates are a healthy part of the creative process and business relationships. No one truly needs a yes man to do whatever they say. Not everyone is going to agree on everything. If so, it is very rare. Be sure to communicate clearly with clients, both in email and audible form. If there's something written that you take wrongly or you feel might be a little snarky, pick up the phone and call them. Oftentimes, an email or written communication can come off as short or rude. But in reality, it may not have been intended that way. Maybe the person was just busy or they just had a hard time communicating in written form what they, what they were thinking. There is no context in email communication. Do what you can to salvage business relationships you enjoy and try to never burn bridges. Just because you fire a client does not mean you have burned a bridge. If you handle it professionally... You're just letting them know that the relationship is not a good fit and you can opt to help them find someone that may be able to better serve them. Sometimes personalities just do not blend well. A bad client for you could be a good client for someone else. But beware of clients or people that just flat out don't respect others. That's a huge problem. Value yourself and your work. Be professional and don't waste time on things in life that eat away at you internally. As always, if you have any questions or comments for me on this topic or have suggestions for any other topics you'd like me to discuss in these halftime episodes, then feel free to email me at info at makersofsport.com. 
On next week's episode, Jeremy Darlow is joining the show. Jeremy is director of brand marketing at Adidas for Adidas football and baseball. He's also the author of Brands Win Championships, a book for college athletic departments, teaching them how to build a national reputation for their sports brand. Please like, rate, and write reviews of the show on iTunes. You can get there by going to makersofsport.com slash iTunes. I'll also accept likes or ratings on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever else that you happen to be listening to this podcast. Here's a review recently written by at Creative Bobby. I only discovered this show recently, but I'm already a huge fan. As a designer, this podcast provides great insights and inspirations that I can take and apply in my everyday as well as my future plans. I love the interviews. I love getting the story of creative people's journey to where they are currently. Discovering this podcast is another leg of my journey of learning just how many different ways design and creativity can be utilized. Sports has been a love of mine since childhood, and as they say, the creative adult in the child has survived. This child is grateful such a quality podcast exists to explore the intersection of sports and design. I'm very particular about the podcast I take time for, but this one is well worth it. At Creative Bobby, many thanks for the kind words. I wish you success and all the best as you continue your career's journey. Kudos to you for keeping the creative child inside you alive. The rest of you, please go to makersofsport.com slash iTunes right now and hit the five star. Even better, write something on there telling others or myself how much you like the show and what you like about it. Who knows, I may even read it and give you a shout out on the air. Lastly, follow me, ask questions, and say hello to me on Twitter and like the Facebook page facebook.com slash makers of sport i'm at t adam martin on twitter and dribble the show is at makers of sport until next time have a good week